take you back to a couple of years ago. I remember in London, right, there was a young man. You know what he said to me? He said to me that I converted a person, and I said, how did you convert him? He said that there was a person in a hospice who was passing away. It's about 60, 65, 70 years old. He said that I made it my life's worth, that what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the hospice, and for those people who have no one, I'm going to go and I'm going to visit them. Now, this young Shia lad stood up, and he goes into this hospice, and when he goes in, he sees that there's a Christian dying there. And as he comes to the Christian, he says to him, I bought you food. I'm here to help you. Can I wash you? Can I clean you? Can I aid you? He didn't ask him, are you Muslim? Are you Jewish? Are you Christian? Are you Hindu? You know what happened? He took the message of Sayyidul Shahada, right? He took the message of the Prophet of God, that when that woman who used to chuck dirt on him daily, on the day when she didn't chuck dirt, what happened? The Prophet of God goes to her house. When that woman sees the Prophet of God, she says, are you coming to take revenge upon me now that I'm ill? The Prophet of God says, no, I've come to see why you haven't chucked dirt on me. Are you ill today? Can I help you? Can I get you something? At that moment, the woman started to cry. She says, look at your humanity, man. This is what converts people. This young man took this lesson. You know what he did with this lesson? He went and he helped this man. He cleaned him. He washed him. And this isn't something that took place 50 or 100 years ago. It's only a couple of years ago. And you know what? You don't need to be rich for that either. You don't need to other than have the heart. You can be 14, 15, 16. You know what this man says to this Muslim child, this Shia child? He looks towards him and he says, son, you're a good Christian. At that moment, this young man looks at him and he says, why on Islam? Look at Islam, look at the Muslims. Today, when a person does a good act, what happens? You're a good Christian. See, that's the difference. Today, Christianity is doing something that people say you're a good Christian. We haven't done anything. Why haven't we done something? If only we would show our humanity that Sayyidul Shuhada has taught us, you find many people convert. You know what he turns around and he says? He says, you know what? I'm not a Christian, I'm a Muslim. Guy looks up at him and says, but I thought Muslims were bad. He says, not this Muslim. He says, tell me, what does your religion say? Do you know that my children haven't seen me in one year? This young boy replied, he said, our religion teaches us that if our neighbor, regardless of what sect he is, regardless of what faith he is, regardless of who he is, if our neighbor is hungry, it necessitates that we go and help that person. We are not allowed to go to sleep at nighttime if a person is hungry. We are not allowed to go and sleep at nighttime if a person is in pain. It is our responsibility to make sure that our neighbor is safe and sound and fed and looked after. You know what this guy does? He has tears in his eyes. He said, truly, is that what your religion teaches you? He said, this is exactly what our religion teaches us. One lad from South London, right? And you know what the result was? At that moment, that person says one thing. He looks up at the young man and he says to him, he says, therefore I declare that there is no God but God and the Muhammad that you believe in is the messenger of God. From today onwards, I am a Muslim. Four hours later, that person passed away a Muslim. Allah, through this young man, and gave this person hidayat that after four hours when he died, he was completely pure and he went straight away to the Ahlul Bayt alayhi salam. Now let me not say that this only takes place in South London. I know it takes place in Toronto as well. With all of these people have the heart to make that difference. You know, I remember two months ago sitting down with a friend and this guy used to work for one of the largest, in fact, he was a partner in one of the largest advertising agencies in the country. You know, he said to me, he says, in the 80s, I used to be part owner of this. And he said that we did a survey. 
He said that when Margaret Thatcher was at her peak, the Conservative Party, so we did a survey. We asked people if blindly we were to ask you, are these guys good? He said 11% of people said that they're brilliant. He said, but there was another store known as Marks and Spencers, and they did no advertising whatsoever. It was just the word of mouth. They did the same research. 14% people said that blindly they would accept them, and they said they could. He said that I realized it's the quality when a person produces is what other people recognize. He said, let's do something. He says, from all of my experience as a partner that I have within this advertising agency, now that I'm retired, he said that I've put this to play and I understand that this works. He said that if 10 of us, regardless of PR, you know when you do PR as Muslims, right? Christians and Jews realize that we're, we're fake. This is PR only for the sake of PR. You know, you get the newspapers over and you're cutting a cake or you're helping someone and you're saying, look, quickly put that on Facebook. People realize it's fake. You see, people, hearts appeal to hearts. And we made an agreement. If 10 people, one of us helps, right? 10 people, regardless of skin, regardless of color, if one of you stands up and says to yourself, I will help 10 people, and when I help that person, all I will say is that my name is Ali or Muhammad and I am a Shia, you'll see revolutions take place. He says that I went, he says a friend of mine went to a person who was a racist. And we have this party known as a BMP. It's like the KKK, right, pretty much. He says that I went to this person and I said that your son is disabled. He says, let me help your son. You don't have enough money, I'll give you the money. You know what happens? You know what this guy says? He says, all of this time, I thought you brownies were bad people. The minute he helped his son, there was a shift in his attitude. He says, from today onwards, I realized that you're better than me. One person he helped. If you help 10 people, right, and that chain goes to six people, you realize that you can help up to 100,000 people. Families, in fact, you can, you can change the lives of families like that. One person has an impact. If, for example, all of you here were to help just five people, you find that at least a quarter to half of Toronto would know who the Shia nation is. All you need to say is, my name is Muhammad and I'm a Shia. That's it. It's important for you to tell them that you're a Shia to differentiate, right? So if you go and if there's a person hungry and you see that that person is a hungry and you go and you give him a pizza, let's say, and you say, look, it's only five pounds or five dollars or six dollars. You give them that pizza. What do you say? You say, look, you're hungry. And we've tried that. It's tested and tried. All you need to say, it's my humanity that saved the Shahada teacher. Me. Here's a pizza. I'm dedicating this to say the Shahada. No, my name is Muhammad and I'm a Shia. That's all you need to say. You know what revolutions come with that? It's grassroots level that makes the difference. It's not from legislation. If it was from legislation, Yazid would have been the most powerful man. It was Hussein who changed hearts because from a grassroots level, he worked with the people. He changed the hearts of the people. This is why today he's known as the king of hearts. These are practical steps. It's important for all of us to do tabligh. This is how we do tabligh. Make that practical step. Make sure you can change yourself. So you see from the hospice to helping one person. Okay, I don't say 10 people. At least help one family. You know, there's a family who can't send their children to school. You have that money. Now imagine this. If you were to help just that one person and that one person made a difference, what would happen? I had a friend of mine, he used to be an atheist, right? At the age of 17, 18, he converted. So I asked him, I said, what was the catalyst that made you convert? He says, look, when I looked towards God, I didn't see it in any religion. So I was very arrogant about it. I used to debate people of religion. But he said that I had a concept of God that if there was a God, it would be like this. He said, I bumped into a girl with a scarf on and I started to laugh. I said that this girl's wearing a scarf and she's at school, 
And so we decided to talk. And as I spoke to this girl, I realized that there's something about her that's different. She gave me one tradition, and that tradition was from this guy called Hussein. You know what I did? I went onto YouTube and Google, and I Googled it. He said that the minute I Googled it, and I read one saying of Hussein, it attracted my heart. You know what the Ahlul Bayt say? Ahlul Bayt say, just give them one of our sayings, we'll do the rest of the work. You know what he turned around and he said? He said that when I read the tradition of Hussein, and then after that of his father, Ali ibn Abi Talib, he says, I got to the conclusion that the God I was looking for was found in this Ahlul Bayt. He said, at that moment, then I turned around and I said, from today onwards, I will follow the God of Hussein and the God of Ali ibn Abi Talib, Make sure that this religion is your religion. See it as your religion. Don't look at it as other person's religion. This religion isn't Mr. X's religion. This religion is your religion. Take ownership of this religion and you will see that there will be changes that will happen in society. Take that ownership. Look, go to schools, go to colleges, go to universities, go to the workplace. Open your mosques up for people to come, facilitate for them to come up. You know what we turn around and say? Oh, that person is najis. If the Prophet of God said that person is najis, Islam wouldn't have spread where it did. But we can't allow him to come into our mosque because if he touches our... That's not the case. Open your mosque. Bring people in. Teach them. Do tabliq. In the way that our Prophet of God did, right? He didn't isolate people. Oh, bring him in. You see, what happens is that even if you were to have a cup of tea with a person, it breaks down those barriers. It's like what the ulama say. Even if you sit down to have a cup of tea, that's sufficient. Why? It breaks down those barriers. You know, you come down, you're relaxed. It's not all about having a debate with a person. It's not all about even having a dialogue with a person. Just call the person, sit down. Say, you know what? You're a Christian, you're a Jew, you're a Sikh, you're a Buddhist, whatever you are. I'm a Muslim. Let's sit down, let's have a cup of tea. And after, it's the human touch. And you see barriers break. Once those barriers are broken, then you do your tabligh. How do you do your tabligh? One saying, your character. You take that step. And you find people come towards you because Ahlul Bayt saying is Noor.